This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. It's Zuma Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, (laughs) and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, here we are in a brand new month of October, and tonight's first show was aired in 1945. So I got to thinking, what was happening on October 2nd that year? Geez, turns out a lot. As a result of George S. Patton's controversial remarks about denazification, General Eisenhower's headquarters announced that Patton had been relieved as U.S. 3rd Army Commander in Bavaria and made head of a unit compiling a military history of the war in Germany. United States Marshal for the Western District of Missouri, Fred A. Canfield, sent a gift to his friend, Harry S. Truman, a painted glass sign mounted on a walnut base with the phrase, The Buck Stops Here. Truman placed the sign on his desk and occasionally referred to it in public statements over the course of his presidency. And singer-songwriter Don McLean, the guy who wrote American Pie, was born in New Rochelle, New York. And on the radio, well, audiences were laughing along with Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. The Abbott and Costello Program, brought to you by Camel, the cigarette of costlier, properly aged tobaccos. See if your throat and your taste don't make Camel a first with you, too. Find out for yourself. Listen to the great rhythms of Will Osborne at his orchestra, the swingy singing of Connie Haynes. And that gallant, chubby little gentleman who, when he walked into Hedy Lamar's dressing room by mistake, politely said... Costello, what? what are you so excited about? What's the matter with you? I don't know, Abbott. I'm all mixed up. In my room, I got a big picture of Lauren Bacall on the ceiling. Yes. And on my dresser, I got a picture of Rita Hayworth. On the walls, I got two pictures of Betty Grable. And under my pillow, I got a picture of Dorothy Lamour in her sarong. And I think I'm going nuts. Why? All night long, I keep dreaming of Gene Autry's horse. <laughs> Look, talk sense, Costello. 
What were you doing in the courthouse this morning? Oh, I was there to see my Uncle Artie Stebbins get his divorce. Was it an interesting divorce trial? Oh, sure. The judge said, Mr. Stebbins, I'm granting you a divorce, and I'm going to give your wife $35 a week. And what did Artie say to that? He said, that's mighty nice of you, Judge. I'll try to slip her a buck every now and then myself. <laughs> Now, Lou, that was ridiculous. Uh, what were the grounds for the divorce? Misrepresentation. She said that before they were married, Uncle Artie told her he was well off. Well, was he? He was, but he didn't know it then. <laughs> well, she must have had better grounds than that. What else did she claim? Well, she wanted to get rid of him because he was always getting indifferent. Artie was getting indifferent? Yeah, he was getting in different girls' apartments every night. <laughs> oh, stop that nonsense, please. I'm glad I went to the trial, though, Abbott. I found out what causes 100% of the divorce cases. So you know what causes all the divorces? Yep. What? Marriage? Oh, no. <laughs> you, know, you know nothing about marriage, Costello. Marriage is a great institution. Yeah, but who wants to live in an institution? <laughs> Costello, marriage oh. is wonderful. Yeah, marriage is like a three-ring circus. A three-ring circus? Yep. Engagement ring, marriage ring, and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> but how can you Banana! talk? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> You know I'm lost already? All right. How can you, how can you talk like that, Costello? You've never been a husband. In fact, you don't even know what a husband is. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, all right. What is a husband? A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Oh. <laughs> Costello, you're a dope. But you don't have to worry about marriage. Very few women would marry you. Very few would be enough. Well, <laughs> what happened to that girl you used to go with? Uh, Ruby uh, Poolcue. I thought you two were engaged. We was, Abbott. You were? But I broke it off. I told her to keep the ring. You mean you were willing to lose an expensive diamond engagement ring? That's right. What's a buck and a half to a man with a broken heart? <laughs> Ruby went ahead and she married Stinky Rappaport. Stinky Rappaport? Stinky Rappaport. I gave them a beautiful set of silver. Table silver? No, pocket silver. Four dimes and a quarter. <laughs> talk sense, Costello. Why don't you try to meet some nice girl and go steady? Oh, Abbott, I met one last night in the movies. And I took her out. She was an usher. How oh, you mean she's an usherette? What? Usherette. Yeah, she yet, and she drank. <laughs> she ate like a horse. She had a nose bag with her. All right, never mind. <laughs> you know, we had a wonderful time, Abby. did? Then I took her home, and we sat in a parlor. Just the two of us. Oh, it must have been romantic. Romantic. We sat on a sofa, and I read her a love story. Then suddenly she reached over and switched off the light. What did you do? I turned it on again. Who can read in the dark? Oh, <laughs> What a guy. You're in the parlor with a beautiful girl and you read a book. Why don't you take her to a dance? Oh, I'm all through with dances. What do you mean? I took Cleopatra to a dance last night. Cleopatra. Last week. Cleopatra. Yep. You idiot. Cleopatra has been dead for 2,000 years. No wonder she couldn't rumba. Uh, <laughs> Costello. Spelled backwards or something else. All right. <laughs> Look, Costello, why don't you try to make a hit with that little girl my wife introduced to you? You know, uh, sweetheart, Odisha, yeah, Odisha Sweetwater. Sweetwater? Yeah. I had to give her up, Abbott. Why? Her father didn't like me. Her father wanted you to marry her. I said he didn't like me. <laughs> her father said he'd pay half your expenses if you got married. Yeah, but who's going to pay the other half? Costello, you're always thinking about money. When I, when I got married, I was just a strung, struggling young actor. <laughs> struggling, I will Sometimes get out. Sometimes I get lost. Yes. You don't know where you are. <laughs> well... I was still struggling. Thank you. I'm... And how you were struggling. I struggled. <laughs> I know you str struggled, 
But you didn't get away. Ah, no, Costello. <laughs> You're an imbecile. You lose all your girls. Look, what happened to your engagement to Tessie Tinfoil? It's broken. Did you break it? Nope. Did she break it? Nope. Then how did it get broken? Well, Tessie told me what her clothes cost, and I told her what my salary was. And when the engagement just, just sort of sagged in the <laughs> middle and busted by itself. <laughs> Costello. Both of us better get glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Costello, how did you happen to meet uh, Tessie Tinfoil in the first place? Well, I went down to the bank and drew out my money. Yes. There she was. Five minutes later, we were engaged. You asked the girl to marry you, and you only knew her five minutes? That's right. Abbott, you'd be amazed what you can do when you meet somebody if you don't waste time shaking hands. <laughs> Costello. <laughs> Costello, what became of Tessie Tinfoil? Oh, Tessie's an MP in the Navy. An MP in the Navy? What does she do? She keeps the wolves away from the waves. Costello, what? Why aren't you more like your brother Pat? Now, there's a happily married man. Why I heard Pat's wife say she couldn't wait to hear the patter of little feet around the house. Well, Abbott... Your information, it won't be long now. You mean? Yep. Pat's taken up tap dancing. Oh, <laughs> you're hopeless. What's you're... wrong with that? Now, wait a minute. <laughs> you don't even know how to look at a girl. I don't. Hello? Yes. There is. That's awful. That guy ought to be ashamed of himself. Oh, that's terrible. Goodbye. Who is that? The police department. They're after a peeping Tom who's been looking into the coarse girls' dressing rooms over Errol Carroll's stater from the roof of this building. Boy, I'd hate to be in that guy's shoes when them cops get through with him. Yep. I gotta go now, Abbott. See you later. Wait a minute. Where are you going? I'm gonna sell my binoculars. Get him out of here. <laughs> presents Will Osborne now with an arrangement of a current favorite, Candy. Wonderful date for you. My wife fixed it up for you to take our girlfriend out, Emma Fiddlebuster. Emma Fiddlebuster? Yes. Not me, Abbott. I took that dame to a restaurant once, and on the way out, the manager searched me. Well, Costello, you have an honest face. 
What did the manager search you? Well, he took one look at Emma Fiddlebuster and he said, if you'll walk out of here with her, you're liable to walk out of here with anything. <laughs> oh, how can you say that, Costello? Emma is a blonde and you'd go out with any blonde. I would not. Name one. Nelson Eddy. Oh. <laughs> Quiet, Costello. Hey, here comes Emma now. Oh, uh, good evening, uh, Miss uh, Fiddlebuster. Hello, bud. <laughs> I believe you know my partner, Lou Costello. Why, yes, it seems to me I met you someplace before, Mr. Costello. Oh, I don't think so. I never go to the zoo. <laughs> Get the kisser on this kid. Oh, now I remember you annoyed me one whole evening. I never even looked at you. Well, isn't that annoying? <laughs> and if I remember correctly, you winked at me with your good eye. <laughs> that one in the middle. Did, did I try to kiss you? No. Well, then it wasn't me. <laughs> Tell me, Costello, don't I do something to you? Yes. When I look at you, I turn gray as a sheet. Costello, I think you mean white as a sheet. Abbott, you ain't seen our laundry lately. <laughs> oh. Costello, why don't you like me? I've been told that I'm beautiful. Why, Lana Turner and I are sisters under the skin. Well, crawl back under the skin and send out Lana, kid. <laughs> oh, let me out of here. Well, Costello, what do you think of Miss uh, Fiddlebuster? Well, what do you think? I'll tell you what I think. Abbott, if you want to get me a date, why don't you ask Connie Haynes to go out with me? She's wonderful. I love her voice. Connie has a grand voice. Do you like her range? Like her range? I like her whole kitchen. <laughs> well, look, I'll get you a date with Connie Haynes on one condition. You must promise not to kiss her, because if you kiss her, her mother will worry. Okay, Abbott, I won't kiss her. I'll let her kiss me. Let my mother worry. I mean, no wonder girls won't go out with you. Is that so? I know how to treat a girl, Abbott. First, I buy her flowers and candy. And then? Then I take her to a show, and then I take her to a cabaret. I spend seven or eight bucks. Then we walk along until we meet a sailor. And then what? Oh, I can always find my own way home. <laughs> well, Castell, I'm going to arrange for you to take Connie Haynes to a nightclub. But first, I must be sure you will conduct yourself like a gentleman. Uh, come with me. Where are we going? I'm going to put you through a complete course of social etiquette at the charm school. Come on, let's go. Well, here we are at the charm school. What took us so long? <laughs> Give us music, will you? <laughs> bump, bump. That's it. All right. And I'm out of breath. Come on, we're here just the same. Ah, welcome, welcome to my school, gentlemen. I am Professor Melonhead. <clears throat> <laughs> Gentlemen, I teach charm Abbott, get me out of here This guy couldn't charm a snake Quiet, Costello Young man, I'll have you know that I do teach charm Why, with that head, you should be teaching billiards you... <laughs> Hand me a cue, Abbott, and I'll run snooker with his dome No, no, no Take it easy, Costello Professor Melonhead is an expert at etiquette I know he etiquette he... You know what? I know he etiquette You can see he etiquette He's still got the tail on his upper lip. Now, you quiet, you obese buffoon. <laughs> Continue. All right. My high forehead denotes intelligence, brains. My boy, that's where I shine. Well, why don't you take some of the shine off your head and put it on your shoes? <laughs> From behind your skull looks like an empty parking lot. Costello, will you behave yourself? Now, tut tut, let me handle him, Mr. Rabbit. I'll transform this boy into a perfect gentleman. Now, <clears throat> our first lesson here in charm is how to behave at home. Costello, what would you do when the butler enters the room? We ain't got no butler in my house. No butler? 
My dear boy, if you have no butler, how do you know when dinner is ready? When my mother takes the iron bars off the dining room door. Oh. <laughs> and then you eat. Not until she opens up the vault door to get you into the kitchen. <laughs> and then you eat. Then we eat because I'm pulled up. Go ahead, continue. All right, never mind that. Now, we'll say that you're already in the dining room. Now, what do you do with the crumbs at the table? Crumbs? Certainly. Don't you have crumbs at your table? Oh, yeah. Abbott comes once a week. <laughs> and you're welcome anytime. You can come. Oh, never mind. We'll, we'll skip the crumbs, Costello. Now, now, let's say that you have on your plate a slice of roast beef with gravy, some pickled beets, and a lovely portion of beans. Now, which fork do you use? I don't use no fork. No fork? No, I just slip my lower lip under the plate and bank the beans off the pickled beets. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. Now, we'll suppose, Costello, we'll suppose that you're in a very swanky continental bistro. Now, you walk Would in... Would you read that again, please? Oh, <laughs> you're in a swanky continental bistro. Excuse me, continue. <laughs> right? You, you... <laughs> Come on, you saunter up to the bar with savoir-faire and distingue. Now, how did I ever get mixed up with those characters? No. <laughs> That's the way you walk. Now, you order a liqueur. The waiter walks up and slips you a pussy cafe. <laughs> he wouldn't dare. <laughs> he hasn't got the nerve. <laughs> All right, now, suddenly, at the next table behind you, you see a beautiful girl. <clears throat> uh, my assistant here will help us out by playing the part of the beautiful girl. <laughs> this is Mademoiselle Zing Zing. Zing Zing? Zing zing. That's the only line the guy's got. <laughs> I've got to have a bouncer. Now be quiet. Now, now, Costello. After the girl walks up in a very soigné manner, you approach Mademoiselle Zing Zing, and in perfect French, you say. Pardonne-moi, mademoiselle. Voulez-vous promenade du boulevard, rue Mamad, Bois de Boulogne, et Champs-Élysées? I say that? Of course. And what does she say? She answers you in a lovely, melodious voice. Je vous ai, je vous aime, je vous adore. I'd like to meet you by the gas pipe. <laughs> Allez, boom. Poupou, petite parmite. Gee, that sounds swell. Petit mieux, poupou, petit premier. What does that mean? Hit the road, chump. The big guy is my husband. <laughs> now, just a minute, Melonhead. You've gone too far. What's the matter, Costello? Well, I mean, after all, Abbott, I didn't mind it when this melon guy forced me to walk into a stanky confidential biscuit. I didn't say nothing when he pushed me onto that Savoy ferry in a distinct way. I never said a word when he had the way to shove a pussycat's face in my hand. But when he makes me poo-poo petite marquis between that lovely girl and her husband, he has not only impued on my good name, but he has cast aspirations on the San Francisco Conference. <laughs> For Camel fans tonight, lovely Connie Haynes introduces a brand new song. It's Freddie Martin's latest composition, and this will be the first public performance of it anywhere. We hope you will like Hubba Hubba Hoy. Every time the lights are low And you stop to kiss me, oh Whoa, boy A Hubba 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 Hoy Every time our fingers touch 
I begin to shake so much. Oh boy, a hubba 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 hubba. When you get that starry gaze, my eyes begin to leak. I go in a kind of daze, and my heart starts to pound like a G. I can't make the whole thing out. Even in my sleep, I shout. Whoa, boy! A hubba 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 hubba. Every time our fingers touch, I begin to shake so much. Oh, boy! Costello, I've made a date with Connie Haynes to meet us here. And this is not a joint. It's, uh, it's the Ritz, a very high-class nightclub. Hey, Abbott, this place is a fake. They got a sign over there over the bar that says, Ladies served here. Well? Well, I went over to the bar and ordered a lady, and they threw me out. Oh. <laughs> Costello, I've met a lot of morons in my time, but your head and shoulders above all of them. Abbott, you must have met a bunch of short morons. No, never mind that. Did you bring uh, plenty of money with you? Oh, yes, I did. I'm loaded, Abbott. Right here in my pocket, I got four bucks, all in singles. If I fold one over, it'll look like five. Now, you, you mean... You mean to say that you left the house with four dollars? Yeah. Aren't you afraid to carry that kind of money around with you? Well, at first you get kind of a funny feeling. You imagine everybody's looking at you. But you get used to it. The big trick is not to try to look nervous. Four dollars. Come on. Come on, sport. Let's go in and don't forget to tip the doorman. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Allow me to open the door for you. Oh, thank you, Mac. Here's a dime tip for you. Costello, how can you stand there and face that doorman after giving him a dime? I'm waiting for my ching. Oh, <laughs> come on. All right, Costello, there's a head waiter. Now, if you want a good table, closer to the dance floor, you'll have to give him a big tip. Good evening, gentlemen. Would you like a table? Oh, yes, my good man. We're heavy spenders. Here's a nice tip for you. But this is a quarter. Didn't you make a mistake, sir? I guess I did. I thought it was a nickel. Give me that back. Here you are. Five pennies. <laughs> this is an insult. Why, the champion tightwad of Hollywood gave me 50 cents. Well, meet the new champion. <laughs> Mr. Headwaiter, could you give us a nice ringside table? Oh, sure. Follow me. Hey, Abbott, I'm getting tired. <laughs> Can't we sit down here and rest for a few minutes? Not at that table. It's reserved. sign over there, Los Angeles City Limits. Here you are, gentlemen. Here's your table. On a clear day, you can see Catalina. All right, Costello, you sit here, facing the dance floor. Okay, but I'm liable to catch cold with my back toward the ocean. 
Well? What was that? A Greyhound bus. I wondered why they had a white line running down the middle of the table. <laughs> Would you two mugs like to order some food? The roast beef is delicious. How much is it? It's four dollars a portion, but it's lovely roast beef. It will make your mouth water. That's what we want. Roast beef? No, water. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fellas, do you mind if I sit at your table? Just a minute, partner. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Chicago? Toledo. <laughs> well, why don't you take a train and go home? Well, I would, but my wife won't let me keep it in the house. Aha! There you are, you cheapskate. Oh, yeah, you can't talk to me like that. Oh, no. I'll take care of you. Oh, oh, no! Oh, no! Hey, waiter, what's the idea of throwing that poor guy out like that? What's the idea? Yeah. Why, his bill was $76, and all the cheapskate had was $75.40. Imagine, imagine the nerve of him trying to get away with a thing like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he certainly got a lot of nerve trying to get away with that. Yeah, but how much is our bill? Ah, uh, I don't know. We, we haven't got it yet. Oh, I beg your pardon. Are you like Lou Costello? That's me. Here's a telegram for you. Thanks. Hey, messenger girl, you forgot your motorcycle. Oh, so I did. She writes fast, don't she? Oh, boy. Hey, Abbott, here's a telegram. Look what it says. It's from Connie Haynes. What does she say? She says, Dear Mr. Costello, just arrived here at the club, and I'm on my way to your table. Expect to be there within the next hour or two. Hey, Abbott, we got to stop Connie. We can't let her come in a place like this. It would cost her a fortune. Well, here you are, gentlemen. I thought maybe you'd like to pay your check. How much is the check, Abbott? Eighty-three dollars. Eighty-three dollars? Mm-hmm. And I only got four bucks. And the other guy was only 60 cents short. <laughs> Look what they did to him. Abbott, we gotta do something quick. Costello, this is your party. And you'll have to get out of it the best way you can. I got an idea. You offer to pay the check and I'll give you an argument. Okay, I get you. Come on. Uh, Costello, I'll pay the check. No, no, Abbott. I couldn't think of letting you pay the check. But I insist on paying the check. You were not going to pay this check, Abbott. I'm going to pay it myself. I wish you'd let me pay it. Well, somebody better pay it. Mr. Waiter, does it make any difference to you who pays the check? It don't make any difference to me. I don't care who pays the check. Okay, here, Waiter. Pay it yourself. Come on, Abbott. Let's get out of here. We didn't, we didn't make, make it. it. <laughs> and now here are Bud and Lou with the final word. Well, Costello, the Andrews sisters are going to be our guests next week. Have you made any plans to entertain them? Oh, sure, Abbott. I thought I'd take them over to my house and cook up a batch of snoo. What's snoo? Nothing much. What's snoo with you? Oh, get them out of here. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks, be sure to tune in next week for another great Abbott and Costello show brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. And remember, camels are worth asking for every time. See for yourself how camels' mildness, coolness, and flavor click with you. 
Look, mister, don't put your pet pipe in the doghouse just because it bites. Give it a chance. Because maybe that loyal old trusty pipe isn't to blame at all. Maybe all it needs is a happy load of Prince Albert. That smooth, swell-smoking tobacco with all the rich, full-bodied He-Man tobacco flavor left in and the bite taken out. Yes, sir, taken out by a special no-bite treatment that makes Prince Albert as gentle to your tongue as the sound of a dove cooing to its mate. Also, Prince Albert is crimp-cut, which means firm, tidy packing, easy drawing, and even burning right down to the bottom of the bowl. And a bargain, say, just about 50 pipefuls per package. Saturday night, be sure to listen to Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry for nearly 19 years, bringing the real authoritative American folk music and fun to southern radio audiences and now broadcast coast to coast. Remember Grand Ole Opry every Saturday night on NBC. The Abbott and Costello Show for Camel Cigarettes will be back at this very same time next week. Don't miss it. This is Ken Niles in Hollywood wishing you all a pleasant good night. Good night. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> all righty. Stay tuned now for The Lone Ranger next up on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for The Lone Ranger. Fiery horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. has never recorded the deeds of the Lone Ranger, but the old-timers who lived when the United States was expanding its western frontier told exciting stories of a masked man who rode a white horse, a mystery rider whose heavy six guns carried bullets of silver, 
who is known as the champion of justice in the West of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. And once again we hear the inspiring shout, Arnold Silver! The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver, old boy! Someone's waiting for us in Big Ben! So hurry, old boy! Arnold Jed Kramer, the banker, made his fortune by lending money to the inhabitants of Big Bend. His terms were harsh, and he was quick to foreclose when his clients were unable to pay. As a result, nearly every man in town was his enemy. We see the money lender in his bank long after closing hours. It is night, and he is working by the light of an oil lamp. Before him on the counting table is a heavy metal cash box. I reckon this is all just as it should be. <laughs> Sounds like the door creaking. Maybe I'm to have a visitor. Oh, have a look outside and see if there's anyone around. Pitch dark. Can't see nothing. If anyone's close by, they hear just what they should hear. Gotta act this thing just so. Who's there? Young business, Jet Kramer. Oh, oh, what? Take it easy. I don't aim to hurt you unless you make trouble. Who are you? I don't matter none, Jed. What I'm after won't take long. Come out into the light where I can see you. What do you want? I'll have... No, you won't, Jed. I'll reach for that gun. I've got you covered. Here. You're after my money. You thief. That's right, Jed. Well, you won't get it. Oh, no. Make one move and I'll... I'll drill you clean through. Now stand up and reach for the ceiling. You blasted. That's it. Now face the wall. If I could get one good look at you. Don't try. My face is covered. You won't get away with this. That's my worry. I'll just take that cash box. Oh, $10,000 you're taking. 10000 Too bad it ain't more. You'll ruin me. I wish that was the case, Kramer. But you got a plenty more cash. Keep facing that wall. But you can't do For that. years now, you've been cheating, swindling, and bulldozing the honest folks around here out in the hard-earned cash. Every time that scheming face of yours pokes out in the door, it means trouble for someone around these parts. It ain't true. You're lying. I know what I'm talking about. Kramer, I'll tell you just one thing. You want to know who I am? I'll find out and... Never mind the threats. I'm one of the men you swindled. Then I'll... You gave me a mortgage on my farm and then cheated me. You saw to it I didn't get enough credit in town to make a go of things. I never did. I'll set the sheriff after you. He'll find out who you are. You can't tell who I am from what I've told you. No. You swindled everyone around here. You can't tell which one I am. <laughs> well, I've got the money now, Jed. And I'll leave you to figure it out for yourself. I might be most any man in town. Goodbye, and... And thank you. I'll get you for this. Sheriff! Sheriff, help me! I've been robbed. They've took my money. They've got $10,000. It's gone. Help! Help! Quick, get the sheriff! 
The thief ain't gone far. You can still get him. Is who? The thief, you fool. The thief. What thief? What's all the noise about, Jim? Sheriff, he took my money. Who took your money? One of the men I swindled. Uh, I mean, I don't know who. But he ain't gone far. Which way'd he go? I don't know that either, but he, he went. How in blazes do you expect me to do anything? Calm down now and give me the true facts on this thing. I've lost $10,000. It'll ruin me. $10,000? I saw a man running like blazes down toward the livery stable. Oh, that's him, then. That's him. You sure, Abe? Yeah. He was carrying a box or something. After him. Come on, boys. Boy. Right out there. Yeah. You can get him. There they go, Toto. Mm. We just came from the stable, and there was no one down there. Either the man called Abe was mistaken, or he lied. Maybe him take money. It's possible. Abel's Kramer a lot of money. Plenty fellow owe him. Right. He might have robbed the banker, left the money somewhere, and returned to join the others. Mm. I wonder... What you do? We're going to go to Abe's house and wait for him. He's the guilty one. We'll find it out. Come on, Get Silver. him up, white fellow. shouldn't have long to wait. If Abe is guilty, he'll slip away from the others as soon as possible. Then maybe him go home with money. I'm counting on that. There's the house. We leave the horses here. Oh, oh, oh Silver. Oh, 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 boy. There's a light in the house, Tonto. Oh, me. Me see it. That must mean there's someone inside. I have to be careful. Uh. If Abe suspected that he's being watched, we'd find out nothing. We'll wait over near the window. Plenty dark there. Kimosabe. What was that? That baby. He turned his child. I didn't know. And that little feller. Plenty sick. A sick child. We're going to send the man to jail. Horse come this way. I hear it, Kimosabe. Him come plenty fast. Yes. Here he comes. It is Abe. He's going into the house now. Ah, in that box. He has, Toto. We were right. Abe Turner must be the thief. Let's get nearer to the window. There, woman in room. Mrs. Turner. Hmm. Toto, that poor woman looks half starved. Baby, poor youngster. I'm going inside. Perhaps we can prevent Abe from stealing again if we act before he's found by lawmen. What? What me do? Go back to our town. Watch for anyone coming this way. If you see anyone coming, signal me. And I'll take Abe to our camp and talk there. Ah, uh, me do. Me go. Let me quick. Get white fella. Get him up, white fella. Get him up. Mr. We ain't got nothing to steal. Please go away. Don't hurt him. I'm not going to hurt you, Mrs. Turner. I came here to speak to Abe. What do you want? There was a robbery in town tonight, Abe. Judd Kramer was held up in his office and $10,000 were taken. What of it? You told the sheriff that the thief carried a box. Well, what about it? I want to ask you just one thing. 
What's in that box on the table? I... Well, that's... I saw you bring it into the house. You had it with you when you came from town just now. You... You mean you think Abe done it? Oh, he wouldn't do anything like that, mister. Tell him you wouldn't, Abe. Tell him. I... I didn't think I was seen. He's right, Jane. Then... Then you're a thief. Jane, I... I did it for you. For me? I... I couldn't stand it around here month after month watching you and little Jimmy starving for food. But, Abe, you stole... You stole money for your wife and child. Did you stop to think what it'll mean to them when you're caught and jailed? A man don't stop to think when the folks he loves are starving. I just took what's mine. I have a right to it, mister. A right. You've no right to the property of others. Jed Kramer swindled everyone around here. The only difference between him and me is that he does his stealing with the law on his side. I know what's best for me and my family, and I won't tolerate no interference. That money's mine. No one's going to take it away from me. The law won't take long to find out who took Jed's money. And when they do, they'll... My soon... tracks are covered. Aside from you, they ain't no one... Abe! Listen to me. If I let you replace what you stole and blame me for the crime, give you a chance to stay honest and find another way out of your trouble... I'm satisfied as I am. I'm not. That money's going back where it came from. No one suspects you yet. Keep still and you'll be in the clear. The cash ain't going back. Don't you touch that box, stranger. Abe, Abe, that look in your face. Has the devil possessed you? You don't savvy. No one understands. I'd be in the clear if it wasn't for you, mister. Not for very long. Forever. I'm playing this game like I was planned and you ain't going to stop me. The cash is going back. I know who you are. I've heard about you and I... Stand back, Abe. I'm taking the cash box. Don't shoot him, stranger. Don't shoot, Abe. The poor man ain't himself. I... I've never seen him like this. I'm sure of that. All right, stranger. You win. I reckon I can't stop you taking the cash box. Put your gun down. Go ahead and take the cash. I, I know when I'm licked. That's better, Abe. Just wait another day and see if things don't improve. I'll take the box back. Like and... fun, you will. Oh. Abe, Abe, what have you done? That fetched him. Won't get me. You hit him. Caught him off guard, huh? Listen, Jane. Everything has changed now. I can't go ahead like what is planned. In the name of heaven, Abe, would you do this? Take care of him, Jane. He's a square's finest man alive. Don't take his mask off. Bathe his head with water and bring him to and, and leave him go. I, I've got to take to hiding now. Oh, Lord, why the Lone Ranger have to find me? Why did you have to turn thief? I can't tell you. Jane, I'm, I'm heading away, but you'll have cash. You'll be took care of. That's the main thing. You, you and baby Jimmy won't go hungry no more. But, Abe... You won't be in no trouble. Jane, just, just remember that whatever I've done, I've done for you and the baby. You can't leave like this. I, I gotta. But this man... He ain't hurt bad. Just tell him I've lit out. Tell him there ain't no use in hunting me. I won't never be found. But Abe, Abe. Goodbye, Jane. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, Lord in heaven. What's happened to the man we love? <laughs> The curtain falls on the first act of tonight's thrilling Lone Ranger drama. 
Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Now to continue our story. You will recall that in the first act of tonight's Lone Ranger drama, Abe Turner robbed Jed Kramer's bank. The Lone Ranger and Tonto pitied Abe because they were convinced he'd become a criminal only to help his starving family. However, when the masked man attempted to persuade Abe to return the money, the man struck the Lone Ranger down. Abe then made his escape, assuring his family they'd be cared for. Our scene opens later that same night. We see the sheriff's posse riding toward Abe's home. I don't like the way Abe Turner gave us a false lead, then disappeared. He said he'd see the man heading away from the bank. Yeah, then went on to tell about the man carrying the box. Dad read a deputy. He must have eyes like an owl. Yeah, and we didn't find hiding a hair or no one where he said to look. Just so. That's why I hankered to ask Abe a few more questions. Won't do no harm. I'm downright sorry if it's Abe that robbed old Jet Kramer. Abe's wife has enough troubles without seeing her man jailed. Say, Sheriff. Yeah? Have you noticed a white horse traveling ahead of us? No. There's one there. I first sighted it when the moon poked out from behind a couple of clouds a minute ago. If you look sharp, you can see it. I see it. Traveling fast, too. Faster than we are. Darn sight. And heading for Turner's place. Maybe to warn Turner. Deputy, signal the boys to come fast. Get along there. Come on, boys. We sighted something ahead. There's the horse at Turner's house. Yeah. The rider's gone inside. See, the door's wide open. There's two men outlined in the light. And two horses outside. Come on, boys. Something's going on at Turner's place. Now Jane Turner standing in the doorway. Hey, hold on there. Stop. There they go. Stop in the name of the law. They ain't stopping. Rest of you men get after them, too. Oh, oh, there. Oh, there. Oh, They'll catch them all right. Come on, deputy. I'm with you. Hold on there, Jane. We aim to speak to you. Sheriff. It's me, all right. How'd you know about Abe soon? Come on inside, deputy. Yeah. Please don't judge Abe too harsh. So Abe turned thief, huh? He, he done it, but... For me and the baby. Looks like our suspicions was right, deputy. There's a cash box on the table. Yep. Where's your husband, Jane? He, he's gone. Where? I don't know. He, he just left. He said... <laughs> he said we wouldn't see him no more. Where's the stolen money? I guess the masked man took it. Masked man? What masked man? He just left here. He come and tried to get poor Abe to take that money back, but... But Abe must have gone crazy with worry and was seeing us go hungry and baby Jimmy needing things for bed. Abe knocked the masked man down and then he... <laughs> well? Then he... He told me to be sure and treat the masked man kindly and to bathe his face with cool water till he come to. Go on. Then Abe went away. The masked man come to and... Asked me what Abe took from the cash box, and I told him the truth. Just as I'm telling you the truth. Abe didn't take anything from the box. The masked man took something, though, and, and then an engine made up. We seen the engine. 
The masked man joined him, didn't he? It'll just be the way as you come up, but... Oh, Sheriff, please find him for me. We'll find him all right. I can't imagine what's got into the poor man. He ain't to be blamed too much for what he's done. He, he didn't mean no harm, Sheriff. You say this masked man has the cash from the box? I don't know. It's sure enough it's empty now, Sheriff. Then the masked man must have cleaned it out. I know Abe didn't. Why'd poor Abe have to do this sort of thing? I'd be the first one to admit that Jed Kramer was a first-rate skunk that needed a dressing down and trimming. He stopped at nothing to swindle folks. He was ready to take our house away from us when we couldn't pay the mortgage money. Abe shouldn't take the law into his own hands, though. He, he just didn't stop to think. All he knew was that he'd been swindled by Jed Kramer and that we was hungry. Oh, Sheriff, if only you could find him. We'll find him all right enough. We'll find him if I have to swear in every man in the county as a deputy to do it. The sheriff's deputy spent many days searching the country for Abe Turner, but without success. He seemed to have disappeared as completely as had the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Then one evening, Jed Kramer was on the veranda of his home, talking to the sheriff. Seems to me it's time we hunted up a new sheriff, if you can't do no better than what you've done so far. Well, we ain't give up yet, Kramer. Might as well. I've give up hope of ever finding any of my money again. Losing that $10,000 don't seem to have hurt your bank business none. I got insurance to cover the loss. I know. You always got something to cover anything that happens to you. Mm, well, I'll get inside the house now. This night air is getting cool. Good luck to you and hunt your man. All right, Jed. You can bet I'll find him. Get up there. If only he knowed how close he was to Abe Turner. But I don't reckon he ever will. <laughs> Better make sure the door's barred tight. Can't tell when someone is likely to come in without knocking. There, there now. I'll see Turner. Well, Abe? Sheriff Cohen? Sure. They'll keep hunting you for another week, and then they'll give up. Looking for you and think yeah, that you're well, lost. Uh, my beard will grow down enough so as I can leave here, won't it? Well, we'll see how you look at the end of that time. Listen, Kramer. You've kept your word, ain't you? Me? Why, sure. You swore you'd see Jane and the baby took care of if I made believe to rob your bank. They're being took care of, don't you worry. Heard anything more about that mask, man? Not a word. Just too doggone bad he had to know about you. If you hadn't, you'd been able to go right on about your business, living at home and never being suspected. Jed, take my word for it. If I find you've been double-crossing me... forget that notion. Now, just forget that you're pretty lucky that you can hide here in this house, where the law will never think of searching for you. I'm going to bed. Yeah? All right. Night. Night, Kramer. Give him a right arm to see him again. I wonder if I'll ever get Ames. Them. Keep quiet. What the? Not a sound. I don't want Jed to know I'm here. It's lucky that window was unlocked. You again? A mask man? You'll not get the chance to knock me down again, Abe. Listen, if only you know the Perhaps truth. Perhaps I do. Like when you left your house, you didn't stop to empty out that cash box. I did. Yeah. Take a look at this paper. 
is... Is this what's in the box? That doesn't look much like a mortgage, does it? No, don't. Now, this ain't nothing but a legal form. They ain't even filled in. You haven't seen your wife of late, have you? What do you mean? You'd better come with me, Abe. She isn't in the home where you last saw her. She ain't? No. Neither is your son. Where are they at? I'll take you to them if you'll slip out quietly by this window. Is this a trick to turn me over to the law? If that was my purpose, I could bring the law here. Yeah, that's so. Come, it isn't far to go. Abe left Kramer's home by way of the window and was taken to the Lone Ranger's camp in the nearby woods. There, beside a small fire, he found his baby asleep in blankets. His wife sat with her back to Abe, her head in her hands. Tonto sat across from her. What's this mean? Abe. Oh, Abe, for mercy's sake, it's you. Jane, Jane, honey, what are you doing here? Where did you expect to find me, Abe? Mace men and Tonto have been feeding us. They fixed a little lean to a pine branch just for us to sleep in and You mean to say he ain't got no home? You should know the answer to that question, Abe. Ain't Jed Kramer sent word to you? Ain't he sent you food? I'd sooner starve than eat Jed Kramer's food, even if he did send it. Well, that, that honor... Now, Abe, don't lose your head again. Remember that the last time... Jane, haven't you had any food? These two friends have seen to it that I haven't gone hungry. Listen. Listen, Jane, you wait right here. Where are you going? I've got some things to tend to. You wait here and I'll be back for you inside an hour. But, Abe... Let him go, Jane. You'll see me in an hour or less. Abe! Quiet, Jane. Do you think... He's gone now, Jane. I think tonight we'll see an end of all your troubles. Wait. You... here? <laughs> Steady, Silver. Horse, come this way. That might be the sheriff. There they are! I said it'd be good to investigate this fire! It is the sheriff. He'll jail you. Stand ready, Tonto. Mm, be ready. Wait a minute, Sheriff. I'd have gone for you if you hadn't come here. We got you covered. Listen to me. You'll put those guns in nothing right away from here in a hurry. You want Abe Turner? Do we? I should say we do. Then listen, and you'll get him. The Lone Ranger spoke to the sheriff and his posse, while Abe Turner returned to Jed Kramer's house and re-entered by way of the window. Inside, he hurriedly made his way through the house and burst into the moneylender's room. Dirty double-crossing rat. You wonder how I found out, don't you? You thought as long as you kept me hid here, I wouldn't get to know that you'd gone back on your word. I don't know what you're talking about. You will. Have you gone loco? No, I ain't. I was loco before when I believed all the promises you made. Oh, you dirty thief. Now stop that noise and tell me what's the matter. You swindled and cheated and done folks out of their homes for years. But even then you weren't satisfied. You even stole cash from your bank. And you had to cover it, so you come to me. We made a deal. Sure. I was to put on an act and make out to rob you $10,000. They would account for you losing the money. I was to steal your cash box, and you was to have my mortgage in it. I did. Like fun you did, you lying coyote. You, you knew that once I committed the robbery, I couldn't do nothing about it. So you tricked me. I don't know what you're talking about. You've gone local. Oh, no, I ain't. You promised to let me keep my house and you'd send food and some cash to Jane. And when I was caught by the masked man, you hid me here and still said you'd send her food and things. But what did you do? Just that. You lying rat. You turned her out. You foreclosed that mortgage. You done just what you said you'd do if I didn't enter into your scheme. You turned Jane out. 
Right now, she's camping in the open, eating food that an Injun's given her. A mask, man. You're coming. Come on, boy. The sheriff. Keep him covered, mister. We'll put ropes on him. Hold on, sheriff. We heard enough, Kramer, to know that Abe didn't steal a doggone thing, but that you did. Sheriff. Oh, Abe, thank the Lord. Jane. Turned on me, uh, turned on me. All right, all right. Now I will foreclose that mortgage. No, you won't. You haven't got it. You see, Abe, the mortgage was in the box, but I took it out after you'd left your house. But I... Please listen, Abe. The masked man saw there wasn't any money in the box, but he did see the mortgage. He had a hunch as to what happened. He, he did. We trailed you, Abe. Tyler can follow any trail. We knew where you were and waited outside every night until I heard all I needed to know. I didn't turn your wife out. I didn't No, do... you didn't, but I'd as soon as you did. Well, I found you and the baby camping out in the woods. That was a masked man's scheme, Abe, to get you to face Jed Kramer and talk so the lawman could hear the truth. And we did. Abe, you're in the clear. But that's a darn sight more than Kramer can say. And now, Abe, you can come back home. Come on, Silver, old fellow. There's a new stage line running to Dalton, and there might be trouble. Hi-ho, Silver! just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Well, thank you very much for listening. Tomorrow night, it's My Favorite Husband, followed by The Green Hornet. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.